Hello and welcome to CX Today. My name's David Dungay. Today we're going to be talking about cloud migrations and whether that is the best decision for your customer experience. I have with me Paul and Darren from Hammer. Welcome to the show. How are you both doing? Very good. good, Thank you. you. Fantastic. Well, look, before we get into into today's discussion, shall we do a bit of an introduction? Uh, Darren, do you want to kick us off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and uh, Hammer. Sure. Thank you very much. So my name is Darren Dean. So I'm part of the sales engineering group uh, within Hammer. Um, been with the company 13 or so years now, kind of dotted around a lot of different technical roles. Um, Hammer have been in the industry for 30 years now. So since 1992, we've been very big in the, in the testing monitoring space. One of the recognized world leaders in this space, focusing on customer experience in particular. Fantastic. And uh, Paul, tell us uh, who you are. Okay, my name is Paul Kelly. I've been with Hammer for four years, a variety of different roles, and I now head up sales and account management for uh, a region of UK and Ireland. Fantastic. So I want to start with the headline question of today's discussion, and that is, is moving to the cloud really the best decision for improving your CX, that's customer experience, uh, Paul, should we start off with you? Do you want to uh, give us your answer on that one? Yeah, I mean, vendors have been telling you for years that moving your contact center to the cloud is the number one way to improve your customer experience, improve your efficiency, deliver some unparalleled, unparalleled uptime, security, and functionality for a comparatively low monthly cost. But is this really the case? We're seeing a lot of these cloud migration projects stalling And I think there's a number of reasons for that. And this might be the time to really seriously ask the question, is it best to rip and replace your contact center infrastructure and move to the cloud? Well, every company is different, but I would say do your research. And these aren't sponsored white papers that the vendors are sending to you. They're officially and independently validated, peer-reviewed research paper, uh, research papers. In fact, um, some independent research has found that 73% of contact center leaders redesigned their whole contact center and CX when they migrated to the cloud. However, over just over a third, so 35% of those migrations actually achieved the goals that they set for the project. For me, this, show, this shows a huge disconnect with what the customers perceived and the cloud migrations they got in their new reality. Absolutely. And obviously, we're in the, you know fairly turbulent times at the moment, a lot of uncertainty around uh, Paul, you know, the global uh, macroeconomic situation, you know, how is this impacting, you know, these migration projects right now? Uh, are you expecting any change there as well? Uh, yes and yes. So we're, we're in the middle of a very real economic crisis. Decision makers' priorities have shifted massively. And those large migration projects aren't necessarily the best decision to make right now for businesses. And this can also change massively by industry sector and customer expectations. Darren, I don't know if you'll talk about it from a project perspective. Yeah, so what, what we're seeing on the ground, obviously we're, we're getting involved in a lot of these projects out on the ground at the coalface, as it were. We're seeing projects put on hold indefinitely, push back into the middle distance. Um, we're seeing projects that are reduced in scope. So what started out as a, a full migration, we're all going to cloud, ends up being a kind of half and half hybrid situation. We're seeing situations on the ground where budgets are under scrutiny, much more scrutiny than perhaps in the past. So elements of that that dream of moving to the cloud are having to be sort of chipped away from a budgetary perspective. And then finally, the other the other piece of mention at this point, I guess, 
is resources. So these projects are complex, they, they require time, they require bodies, and those bodies are, are getting more difficult uh, to, to have available because you know, the ability for people to move and move jobs, move projects, move where they want to these days is so much more than it used to be, and that has an impact on the ground as well. Yeah, I mean, with that, with that in mind, you know, does, I mean, does cloud fit every need? You know, are, I mean, are some customers better off you know, staying on-prem? Uh, Darren, what are your thoughts on, on that one? Yeah, so there are specific sectors and organisations that perhaps will never move to cloud. Um, banking and insurance, they, they often have specific requirements around data, storage, um, customer information and details but also more complex things like business logic. So when a customer touches, one of the customers touches a contact center, these organizations will have customized logic that looks after where that call or that contact point comes. So quite often these environments end up in those hybrid deployments where you have an element of a contact center platform in the cloud. And then a lot of the business logic, storage, security elements are stored on premise. So when you've got that situation of something's over here and we have something's over here, there's that sticky middle ground sometimes in between and trying to manage and maintain it. So it's not ideal for everybody. Um, Paul and the emergency services, another one. Yeah, that's yes, a good point. So yeah, not, not every uh, customer is an ideal fit. When we look at the emergency services, um, we deal with these globally and we deal with these internationally and in EMEA too. Um, some of these guys have had the same infrastructure for like 10 to 15 years. And why is that? It could be a budgeting thing because their budgets are always cut, but probably it's more, more of a strategic road. So the most important thing for them is having very fast, clear call delivery where every second of downtime could cost lives. So they haven't got the massive integrations of backend systems like ERP and CRM and knowledge bases. Um, they have got localized redundancies and fail safes make far more sense to them than sharing their bandwidth with multiple organizations where they're not actually in control of the call capacity and the data. So sharing that pipe with somebody else actually represents a bit of a risk to them. Yeah. I, I want to talk about um, CX disruption. Um, and you know, how far up the list of concerns is the disruption of customer experience you know, when, it, when it comes to these migrations? You know, um, Darren, do you want to kick us off on that one? Sure. And, and as, a, as a contact center testing professional and as a consumer of these services, it's probably fair to say that customer experience should be the main concern in terms of these migrations. Um, often when we see these projects, customer experience gets forgotten because they have the shiny ideal of cloud. It's all very exciting, new applications. Customers kind of lag behind at times. And we have seen it. I've seen it as a consumer and as you know, part of my day job. Nowadays, as soon as somebody has a bad experience, they're straight on social media, Twitter, Facebook, whatever the, the applications happen to be. This information goes out faster than, than ever before. Somebody would write into a newspaper in the past, they'd had a bad experience, you might read it three days later. Nowadays, you're reading it 20 seconds later. So these migrations now, where the equipment's being moved into a cloud environment, it's no longer in your control. You don't have engineers who are sat and able to go and push buttons, look at things as they used to do. It's often harder to work out what the problem is, you know, where the problem is, is occurring, what the issues are, particularly when your media department's picked it up from social media. So it makes it really quite difficult. So because of that issue, 
customers are impacted by that initially. Other potential customers or existing customers are going to be impacted because they will read that post and think, uh oh, um, I might move because you know they're not giving us a great experience. So churn is nearly always a direct consequence of forgetting about customer experience as your primary concern, really. If you don't look after your customers, they will move faster than ever. Yeah. And I wonder how difficult that is for customers with those unique requirements as well. I mean, that's something else I wanted to... Uh, to ask, I mean, we mentioned a few of those types of businesses already. You know, in the financial sector and the, um, you know, emergency services sector as well. Um, you know, how 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 big of an issue is complexity? Um, you know, still for these kind of organisations, you know, with those unique uh, requirements, Darren. Yeah. It's it's a huge issue. It's something that um, you know we we mentioned planning. Do your research. Do your planning. Understand what you have. Understand the complexity that you have in your environment. Gone are the days where you might have just one provider for everything once you hit a certain size as an organization. So you might have multiple vendors in there. So you might have different infrastructure providers. Um, you might have different platform vendors. You might have all manner of, of differences in there. You may have some legacy solutions in there because of the type of industry that you are, an insurance company that has a custom-built CRM screen that the agent uses, for example. You know, So... These sorts of complexities and siloed units almost are looking after them. You, you can get into areas like failure to meet SLAs. You can't do risk mit mitigation properly. You might have some interdependence issues on some of your infrastructure. So an issue in one area might actually pull down something else that's, that you thought was unrelated because you didn't understand that independency. Network inconsistencies, lack of customer support, call recording issues, we we on the ground see a whole gamut of issues, even down to things like poor capacity planning in terms of how many channels do I actually need to support my customers? How many licenses do I need? What are my busy periods? What happens if my website goes down, which was prime, which was formerly the primary point of contact, and now everybody's going to switch to the phones because that's the only other point of contact they have? Do I understand the environment that I'm moving to and how it will support those customers and the you know the and the complexity that that brings. How do I look after it? Yeah, there's um you know let, let, I, I want to leave our viewers of a, a little bit of practical advice here. Obviously, you've seen a lot of migrations over well certainly the last two years, possibly even more over the next two. But um you know, in terms of those those common gotchas that you're seeing time and time again uh, during these migrations, you know what what keeps cropping up? Uh, Paul, do you want to kick us off on that one? Yeah, can do. I can talk to that. So. Um... I was going to give some advice i'd say poor planning uh, there are some excellently planned migrations but it feels like there are as many that have not done any of the right sort of ben benchmarking before they dive head on into the projects for instance we hear of companies who are in the final stage of their project but still don't know if they're going to replicate their old journeys design new ones or completely simplify their approach and sort of build cx on the fly as they use it which doesn't necessarily seem like a cx strategy to me um, poor budgeting as well. So how many traditional online or on-premise businesses even would be able to convert the cost of their premise enterprise solution to the cloud? Every second of interaction now costs money with differing costs for each application and service, each second of storage. Basically, every interaction is now a transaction. And when you've got thousands of agents now working remotely, a small change could make a, you know, a huge change to your cost structure. So budgeting can be an issue. Uh, the other thing I'd see as well, and probably the vendors won't thank me for this, is but 
being sold a dream. So if you've got 3,000, 5,000 or 10,000 agents on your premise contact center platforms, how many of those cloud contact center systems are ready to move those thousands of agents onto the new contact center platform, particularly when you've got some complex journeys that need to be taken into account? We're seeing some really interesting stats from uh, most of the major vendors, even ramping up past the hundreds, hundreds of calls, let alone sort of tens of thousands, uh, particularly those platforms can be multi-tenanted so they can be shared between numerous companies. Uh, it gets to the point where the vendors ring us to say, uh, next time you test against our platform, particularly with you know any more than a few hundred calls, can you give us a ring, please, so we can prepare? Uh, that, that's that's quite a common one. Um, the other thing I'd say as well, just sort of anecdotally, showstoppers. We there was one project that we were involved with in region, and they were going to move their, uh, their their Active Directory to Azure. Uh, I meant putting their MDM in the cloud, but they've got different key systems that were supporting all of this. And apparently they had to run on Windows 2003 and the manufacturer wasn't supporting anything but Windows 2003. So some of these machines and some of the uh, the architecture could cost hundreds of thousands of pounds, even millions in some instances. So when the, when the, the IT are trying to get this as new budget for an existing IT budget, um, a lot of those projects can... Uh, can can cannot take place because of that. Yeah, there's there's other elements really that um, that we sort of see crop up a lot. Things that get forgotten about sometimes. So, voice quality, voice is still king in the contact center. Um, there are many options around how they can service us as consumers. But when you really want to solve a problem, voice is king. And if you can't hear the agent or the agent can't hear you, that's going to be a problem. Things like capacity planning, I mentioned on the previous, you know, the previous question. It's really important understanding your peak busy times, understanding your business continuity um, process. So, if your website, which happened to be your your primary point of contact, goes down, can you still service your customers? Lack of testing is a classic gotcha. Um, I've been in the industry working for a long time. It does happen. Things like workforce now being split across the world across the country geographically. Um, we're not all sat in contact centers now taking calls, agents are distributed, they're all over the place. It's all very well having the best contact center in the world with new SIP trunking and all the good stuff that you've got. If your agent sat at home on a, on a one and a half meg broadband connection that's shared when the kids come home from school and they're watching the TV online. Mm. So these are things that are often forgotten about and not factored in as part of that overall strategy. Yeah, I know. I know that one well. Fighting for bandwidth with my children, uh, <laughs> a common one. <laughs> so um, we mentioned it previously around the financial industry. Um, you know, where does data uh, data compliance and security you know fit into all of this? What What are you seeing, Paul? Okay, I'll, I'll talk to it from a GDPR standpoint. I'll let I'll let Darren do the more complex security piece. But we're really fortunate that we've got six of the world's top ten banks that use Hammer to test and validate their customer experience. But we do hear comments from these and other sort of organizations that are worried about litigious uh, data control, not just for themselves, but with their uh, their vendors that they partner with as well. Uh, comments like, well, we'll never move all of our contact center channels and supporting backend systems to the cloud as a breach and a loss of control could be unrecoverable to the tune of uh, so many times their, uh, their, 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 their revenue every year. So, um, yeah, that's a huge thing. Darren, do you want to talk about it from a security standpoint? Yeah, it's it, it's an age-old problem. So 
in the in the past, security, data security, IT security, be looked after by internal teams in the organisation. They would write policies and controls that they can touch and manage and look after. When you move to the cloud, obviously, you're putting a lot of that into the hands of another organisation. So the, the organisation, their data centres may be uh, ISO compliant, security compliant, but that's still you handing off a lot of data and information across to another organisation. So it requires some thought, some understanding of what those policies need to change to be, to obviously match a cloud deployment and moving that. You still need to resource, you still need resources to look after these policies and manage and maintain infrastructure around compliance, security, you know, all the good things that uh, that we talk about. So although you're moving to cloud and you're moving a lot of that into somebody else's pot, as it were, to manage it for you, you still need those resources within your organization to to maintain and look after uh, these, these things as well. And that is sometimes forgotten about. So um, we're coming towards the end of the session, uh, but before we go, I want to ask one last question. Uh, there'll be a lot of viewers watching today on their own migration journey or thinking about that migration journey. Uh, you know how how if we could summarize everything, how should a customer prepare for a migration? What should they what should be top of mind? What should they be thinking about uh, right now? Uh, Darren, do you want to start us off with that one? Yeah, sure. Um, with, with this. Probably the first part is always optimize what you currently have. So you currently have a platform you've invested many years in, spent a lot of money and a lot of time. Optimize what you currently have to start with before you even look at migration. Evaluate what you have, understand what it's doing for you, look at your customer journeys, optimize them, and understand and document so you, you clearly understand what you currently have that you're making the best use of. So that when you do start to migrate, you're obviously then in a better position to migrate across what you want to take with you, make sure it's efficient and deal with it correctly. Use testing to speed up your projects. So you can test at any stage of a project, whether it's um, an older legacy system that you're moving from, whether it's a cloud-based or hybrid deployment that you're moving to, use testing. You can't put 100 people on a desk uh, making calls 24-7 but you can use automation engines to do that for you. Okay, It helps the customer experience journey. And then the last piece I'll, I'll, I'll leave you with, with here is disaster recovery and continuity plans. If you don't think about those early, you will have issues later on down the line. And once platforms are live and they're taking production traffic, it's much harder to go back and work out what your DR plan or your, your business continuity plan should be and does it actually work? <laughs> so get that up front get it worked out early fantastic uh, lots Thank of uh, lots of great things there our customers uh, our audience can be thinking about um paul do you have anything to add i think darren covered it beautifully i mean cx should be front center side of whatever you're thinking on any new project and if you've got a decent testing partner to help support you along the way you can keep your vendors accountable and make sure that you're going to make that project a success so um you can really ask yourself the question is this a rip and replace project or a continuous CX improvement project. And hopefully by doing that, you're going to stop yourself from making unrecoverable mistakes. So hopefully that will help you guys. Brilliant. Well, um, unfortunately, that is all we've got time for. Lots of fantastic insights given there. Thank you to Paul and Darren uh, for joining me. Thank you. Pleasure. Enjoyed Thank you. It. 
And thank you for watching. You've been watching me, David Dungay, on CX Today. If you like today's conversation, please give us a like and a share on social media. That's it from me. See you next time.